Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Some of you, when you get there, you'll say, oh, a short one. Good. It is short. We'll probably be out pretty quick today. Amen. I said it for you. You, you, you might not have wanted to say it, so I'll say it for you. We're, we're taking a little, a little break from Hebrews today. We finished up Hebrews chapter 1, and so we are going to... Um, we're going to speed up the pace in Hebrews. I told you we were, and so we're going to start covering some bigger sections. Lord willing, we, we, we probably will. But from time to time, we're going to try to take a few more breaks in between the book of Hebrews. And so we're going to take a little break today before we jump back into Hebrews chapter 2. And so today we will be in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. We'll read the text and then we'll pray. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and we thank you for your good word. And dear Lord, I pray that even in these few words that we are going to discuss that this morning, that your Holy Spirit would do good in our life through them, dear Lord. I pray that you would free us from our worries and distractions and the things of the world that are ever before us, God. I pray that in these next few minutes that you would help us just to focus, that you would help me to focus, dear Lord, that you would help the words that come from my mouth to be the words that you want us to hear, dear Lord, that you do the talking today, that you take away any pride or any fear or worry I have, dear Lord, and, and you just take over that you would take over each of our hearts and each of our minds, that we would hear from you today. God, that your word would transform our life. And so I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I remember throughout the years reading this particular passage, and this is Paul speaking to us here, and he's writing to the people of Corinth, and he says to them here at the beginning of the book as he is writing to them and instructing them and correcting them and some things that are going on, he says to them, Therefore I urge you to imitate me. And I remember reading that verse and thinking, that's a pretty bold thing to say. I mean, to be able to tell somebody that they need to be like you, that they need to follow you, that they need to do what you are doing, that's a pretty bold thing to say. Now, perhaps sometimes people will say such things from a heart of pride. Oh, you need to be like me. Do it like I'm doing it because I'm doing it the right way. But as we can see through the life of Paul, that I think it's clear to say that Paul was not making this statement from an attitude of pride that, Therefore, he had figured everything out and he was the best and everybody needed to look to him. I don't think that that was Paul's heart at all. I think that Paul could tell the people there to imitate him because he was living a life that was worthy of being imitated. Now, he's writing this letter to the people and he's instructing them, do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that. And hey, remember your Christians, remember the wisdom of the cross. And he's, and he's teaching them and preaching them all these things. But not only is he telling them what to do and how to live, but Paul says, I'm showing you what to do and how to live. Therefore, imitate me. Look at my life and live like I am living. 
some time ago, I, I, I heard a story of a missionary. And I, I have looked all over for the book that I thought this story was in, and I can't find it. So I'm going to recall this story as best as I can. It's a good story. There was a missionary... And he was he was he was out in some uh, foreign land and and trying to minister to a people group that had not heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this missionary had lived among these people for quite some time, and he had been serving them, and he had been preaching to them and teaching them about who Jesus was. And on one occasion, a woman from the village was with the missionary as he was teaching her about Jesus, and she asked the missionary. What is this Jesus of yours like? After thinking for a second, the missionary looked at the woman and replied, Well, he is a lot like me. To which the woman responded, Then that is the kind of man that I want to know. What a powerful story. What a powerful example that this missionary lived his life in such a way that when he told this lady that, Hey, my Jesus is like me, she said, Then I want to know him. How many of us could say that about our lives? How many of us in the way that we live and the things that we do and the, and the actions that we do every day, how many of us, if they were to, people were to ask us about our Jesus, could we say, he's a lot like me? What would people say if we told those we encounter that? Would they say, he's a Jesus I want to know? Or would they say, if he's like you, I don't want anything to do with him. And the sad reality is, is that too many times we are not good representatives of Jesus. And instead of people saying, if you are like Jesus, I want to follow Jesus instead, sometimes people look at our lives and say, if you are like the Jesus of the Bible, then you are nothing more than a hypocrite. Because if this is how Jesus is, I have seen how you are living. And those two things do not line up with each other. And so we see the story of the missionary and we see the story of Paul here, of those who can say, imitate me. But we see later on in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 11, verse 1, Paul says the same thing again. He says, imitate me, but he adds something to it. He says, imitate me as I have imitated Jesus. You see, Paul could tell people to imitate him because he was living a life that was worthy of imitating, not because Paul in and of himself was some great man, but because Paul was following the very example of Jesus Christ, and that should be what we strive to do in our life. We should be able to say to those who encounter us, imitate me, not from a sense of pride, but from the fact that we are living a life that exhibits the example of how Jesus lived his life. But what about us today in this room? Can you say that this morning? How comfortable would you feel when you leave this building today going to those you encounter in the next week and saying, live like I am living? Some of us perhaps cringe at the thought of that because we know the way we're living. We know some of the things that we're doing and some of the things that we're saying and some of our actions that aren't worth imitating. And we may very well tell people, hey, don't do this and don't do that and don't do the other, but yet we're doing those things in our own life. And actions speak much louder than words. 
Oh, we can tell people the Word of God. We can tell people the good news about Jesus Christ. We can tell people of the greatness of the Son of God. And we can say, you need to know Him. But if we ourselves profess to be Christians and followers of Jesus Christ, and our life doesn't match up to what God's Word called us to, that's going to speak louder than any words that we can, we can ever say. Because the fact of the matter is, people hear best with their eyes. They may listen to the words that, that we say, but how they're really going to hear is what they see us do. And so what do people see you do today? What about the things that people don't even see you do? That's called integrity when you do the right thing and no one is looking. Perhaps we all can put on a good show on Sunday mornings. We can put on a good show when we see each other during the week. But are we doing the right things even behind closed doors? That needs to be our goal, that we strive to do what is right, that we strive to live by the Word of God and the example of Jesus Christ when people are looking and when people are not. That way, if somebody showed up in our life at any moment, unexpected, they would see us doing what God calls us to do. So how many of us today would feel comfortable telling those we encounter to imitate us? Perhaps instantly we think of some things that, man, if so-and-so saw me doing this or that or the other, that wouldn't be good. Well, good news, if you have that conviction today, if we feel those things in our heart and we say, I shouldn't do it, then we need to stop doing it. It's time to stop doing it. Paul could say, imitate me, because he was living a life worthy of imitating because his life reflected the very life of Jesus Christ. And that needs to be our goal is that we should desire to look more like Jesus Christ. So, so what do we do? Where do we start? If we look at our life and we look at the life of Jesus, how do we make our life look more like that of Jesus Christ? There's a story that's often said, and while it hasn't been proven whether it's true or not, it's beneficial for us today perhaps. Some of you may have heard of Michelangelo from back in the 1500s. He was a sculptor and an artist. And one of Michelangelo's greatest works of art is a statue of David from the Bible, a 17-foot-tall statue that is carved out of a solid block of marble. It's a masterpiece. It's a beautiful sculpture, and Michelangelo made many sculptures. How in the world can someone take a block of marble and carve something so intricate out of it is beyond me. And it's been said that one day someone asked Michelangelo, how in the world did you take a blank piece of marble and carve David out of that marble? To which Michelangelo responded, it's easy. You take the stone and everything that doesn't look like David you chisel it away. And that's the way that our life should be with Jesus. We look at our life and we see what it is, and we look at Scripture and we see who Jesus is, and we simply need to compare the two. And the parts of our life that don't look like Jesus are the things that we need to cut off of our life. And we need to begin to trim, and we need to begin to work on these different areas, these rough spots that are here and that are there. And pretty soon as we begin to look at the Word of God and see the life of Jesus and take away the sin that's in our life and seek to reflect the way Jesus lived, then we will turn into the men and women that God wants us to be. There was a writer back in the time of Michelangelo who documented how Michelangelo went about making these great statues that he made. 
This is the process that was recorded. Michelangelo would make a coffin, a pretty big coffin, and he would fill that coffin with water. And after he had the coffin made, he had a, he had a, a model of whatever he was going to build. You know, usually these statues were going to be huge. So he would build a smaller model that would have all the details of just how everything was going to look. And Michelangelo would submerge his model into this coffin of water. And very gradually, Michelangelo would take a cup and he would dip out a little bit of a water until just a little bit of the model was sticking up above the water. And that's how Michelangelo would begin to work. He couldn't look at the whole model. Where would you even start? But he would look at one little piece at a time. And once he had looked at that model and he had chiseled away everything except for the one little piece that was there, he would dip a little more water out of the coffin and reveal a little bit more of the model that he had made. And he would chisel away until he had reached that next little section. And piece after piece and millimeter after millimeter of the little model would be raised up from the water. And each time Michelangelo would see a new portion of his model, he would make his statue reflect the model that he was looking at. Perhaps that's the way that God wants to work in our life. We look at our life and today you may say, I am overwhelmed with the sin that is before me. I don't even know where to start. Well, perhaps we simply need to start with the Word of God. We need to dip into the Word of God and we need to look to Jesus who is the one that we are to model our life after. And as we begin to dip into the Word of God, we pray, God, help me to see the things that need, don't need to be there. God, help me to be shaped and molded and chiseled into the man or to the woman that you desire for me to be. And when God reveals something to us, that first little thing that He shows us, hey, you need to change this, you need to repent of that, you don't need to live that way, then let us pray that God would help us to overcome that sin and that struggle and that thing that shouldn't be there. And over time, as we seek God's Word and we seek to follow the example of Jesus Christ, we may find that by the power of Jesus that we are able to overcome that sin and that temptation that once so easily ensnared us. And what do we do? We dip back into the Word of God. And God is so good to reveal to us through His words things that perhaps we see in our life that shouldn't be there. And we pray and we ask God and he begins to help us to work through that next little section. And pretty soon as we continue to dip into the word of God, the model of Jesus Christ is there before us and it's clearer than ever. And pretty soon after a life of striving to live like Jesus, perhaps we can be those like Paul who can say, imitate me as I have imitated Jesus. Perhaps today we sit in this room and maybe some of you would say, I can say that today. Perhaps there are other of us who can say, you know what, there are some things in my life right now that are not worthy of imitating. God has probably already revealed those things to us. You probably knew what those things were before you ever came into this room this morning. But perhaps today is the day that God wants to begin to work in your life, that God wants to begin to chisel away some of those things and help cut off some of those rough edges, help you to overcome some of those sins that you are struggling with and help you become more like Jesus Christ. But we must begin that process. We must seek God and say, God, I repent. I know that this thing shouldn't be in my life. I know I shouldn't act this way. So God, by your power, help me to be more like Jesus Christ. God, through your word, Help me to see the ways in my life 
in which I have failed, in which I have sinned, in which I have not lived up to the example of Jesus, and let me live up to that example of Jesus Christ so that in my life I can be that example to others, so that when people see me, they see Jesus. When people hear me speak of Jesus, they see Jesus in my life. And that is the greatest testimony that we will ever have is the life which we live. A Scottish commentator, A.B. David, once wrote, An ordinary life lived well is the greatest of all deeds. Perhaps the greatest thing that some of us will ever do is simply live our life. We may never be a big fancy missionary or a big fancy preacher or, or any of the big fancy things that we may think of, an evangelist or whatever it may be. For some of us, the greatest way that we can minister for God, that we can, that we can share the kingdom of God, that we can share the love of God, that we can share who Jesus Christ is with people is simply by living our life in a way that reflects the goodness of God. If we are not doing so today, let us strive to do so. Let us strive to make our life be modeled after that of Jesus Christ so that in our life, people will see Jesus through us. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good word. Dear Lord, I pray that you would work in each of our lives, that we would be so bold to say to others that they should imitate us and can imitate us. Dear Lord, we don't ever want to say such a thing out of a sense of pride, but dear Lord, we want to say it out of a sense of humility. God, we want to be able to know that we are living our life in such, such a way that we are following the very example of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So God, I pray that if there are some things in our life today that are not worth imitating, I pray that you would help us to repent of those things, that you would help us to work through those things. Maybe it's a struggle, dear Lord. Maybe there's a sin that's just, it's just tough. But I pray by the power of Jesus Christ, by the power of your word, dear Lord, that you would begin to shape and mold our life, that you would begin to help us to see those rough edges. God, maybe there are some we are aware of that help us to seek you so that you can begin to chisel those things out of our life. God, maybe there are some things that we have yet to, to know that are there, some things that shouldn't be there, and we just have failed to realize it. God, I pray that by your spirit and by your word that you would help us to see those things that we're aware of and those that we are unaware of. God, I pray that we would be those who seek you, that we would be those who want to be transformed by your word, that we would be those who seek to live a better example so that we can be a better example to those around us. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.